Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Book Journeys Radio, an interview series for authors in transformation. From the basic fundamentals of selecting a book topic and overcoming writer's block to advanced techniques for publishing and marketing your books. Don't forget to check out our complete schedule and archive shows at blogtalkradio.com forward slash book dash journeys. Now, get ready to make a difference with your book with your host, founder of the Author Incubator, Dr. Angela Loria. Well, hey everybody, you are back, we are back, and it is another opportunity here on Book Journeys to meet an author, to learn about their journey to becoming an author. Um, We do this every week on the show because I think it's so easy to get stuck in uh, the idea that I'm working on my book. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm putting together an outline, I'm interviewing people, I'm in the research phase. And I hear things like this all the time from people who want to have a book, but they haven't crossed that finish line. So we talk to authors here who have done it. They've crossed the finish line. It may not have looked exactly how they thought it would look. Um, And we share that with you. So I have a guest today who I think you will enjoy hearing about her journey. She's a two-time author, and um, and I think for her, she's somebody who maybe like you have always seen yourself as an author or seen writing a book as something you were going to do, but there was a gap between that vision of yourself as an author and making it uh, come to life. And so with that, I want to welcome Caroline Green, the author of Next and Matter to the show. Um, Caroline, thank you for being with us. Thanks so much for having me, Angela. It's great to be here today. Okay, so I know your new book, Next, um, just came out recently. We'll, We'll talk about both of your books today, but just to kick things off, why don't you tell people about Next, uh, which is the subtitle is How to Start a Successful Business That's Right for You and Your Family. What's it about? Who's it for? Why'd you write it? Next is a step-by-step, easy-to-read, short guide written for busy moms who are thinking about starting a business or, um, and don't know where to start. So uh, I really wrote this book because when I started my business, um, there was a lot of great advice out there uh, for entrepreneurs, but there was nothing specific to moms who were really found themselves in a place where they were putting their identity and their responsibility as um, a mother and primary caregiver before ramping their business. And there was just this whole um, in terms of, of how to advise these moms on how to uh, build a business that they loved while also still being the parent, uh, partner, and whole person that they wanted to be. I love that. That's great. So, um, so and by the way, you guys, uh, you can obviously find Caroline's books over at Amazon. Um, it's Caroline Green, and she has three E's. She's greedy with the E's. So three E's in green, drop one on the end. Um, but Caroline, just before the show started, you mentioned that if people wanted a copy of Next, what, what do they do? Because they don't have to go to Amazon, right? 
No, I'd be happy to gift anyone listening who's um, interested in the book a free paperback or e-copy. They'll have to wait a little bit longer. The um, final proof of the paperback is still in my inbox, so that, that will take about another month probably before it would get to them. Um, but they, either way, they can just email me at caroline at carolinegreen with an e, coaching.com with the subject free book and their mailing address. And as soon as it's ready, I'll pop one in the mail. Fantastic. All right, so now we're going to dig in a little bit uh, about the process of writing a book. Um, this was your this was your second book. So if we go back to um, go back to your first book, was that something um, that you really envisioned as a completed project before you started, or did it evolve organically over time? So it's a, it's an interesting question, Angela, because in the, on the one hand, as soon as I knew I was ready to write a book, um, I, I saw the book finished. But I didn't know what the book was <laughs> or who it was going to serve until I already got into the different, pro, different process. Um, so in many ways, I feel like I, as you mentioned earlier, I've always had this deep desire uh, to write a book. I always knew that I was meant to write a book. But if you asked me what I would say was, um, God hasn't told me what to written to write what to write yet. Mm-hmm. I'm still I'm still waiting for my message, um, and I feel like uh, matter was an important. Um, it was a gift, really, of me stepping in and owning what that message was. Hmm. Was it different the second time? So when you went to write your second book, was the image of the book clearer before you started? No. So both times I actually, um, you know, and I wrote my books um, in three days with you in three days to done. And so when I arrived um, on location, I, I did have this image of this book that I thought that I was being called to create and I was committed to it. And in no time at all, um, what I was able to do through the difference process was actually release the book that I wanted to write and allow the book that wanted to be written. Um, and so wow. I left both of those events with totally different books that I showed up with. All right, so let's talk about that. How I'm, I'm sure this is making absolutely no sense to people. So um, how did you pick the topics, or how did these books sort of pick you to be their writer? I think the first, part of the different process that really, for me, helped open me up to receive the book, uh, the books that actually were written, um, were really started with the Creativity Temple, which is an exercise that really invites you to get quiet and to go and explore um, really in the depths of your soul the book that is asking you to write it. And... um, and I think when I first heard about this, I had absolutely no idea. <laughs> I had no idea what it was or how it would work. But I liken it to anyone who's read Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. Um, tells this beautiful story about a poet whose name has escaped me. But the way that the poet describes catching an idea is that she, is that the poem comes barreling at her, and she has to grab it by the tail before it races by and wrestle it to the ground. And if she doesn't, it will go on to somebody else. 
And I think that that's one way to experience the creative process, that that all of these ideas are out there racing at us and we have to reach out and grasp them. But I think another equally valid way is to get really quiet and connect with the idea that's been placed there, um, that's been entrusted to you. And will it wait for you forever? No. But I I think it, it waits a lot longer than the barreling poem. Um, mm. And so the the creativity temple for me was really about allowing myself to get quiet and escape all of the shoulds and the um, all of the voices telling me what what I should write and what I should do, and really allowing myself to connect with my own suffering, my own journey, um, my own resolutions. Um, to the problems that I faced in my own life, the things that I was still struggling with, and tap into that, um, to that true narrative already inside of me, crafted through my own life, and really alchemize it in a way um, that served, that would serve my ideal reader. That was a really long answer. Probably not very good. No, but I, I think it was, I think it was helpful. I, what is it, if you could go back and talk to yourself you know, before you'd written the book? What is it that you wish you knew that would have made writing it easier? I wish that I knew to trust the process. By the process, I mean the difference process. I think um, I think that I had a lot of fear around what was going to happen. Was it going to be good enough? Was it going to be the right book? Was I going to show up for myself? Um, I had just so many fears that were floating around. And I spent, I wasted, to the the extent that I wasted time, I wasted a lot of time and energy wrestling with myself um, and fighting myself along the path and fighting that soft, still voice inside of me that told me what it was that I was meant to be writing. Um, So the number one thing that I tell any author, especially one who's going through the difference process is to just trust and to see that book completed and to and to choose to believe that the book's going to get done and that you're going to do the hard work to make it happen with the right support. And why do you think it is so hard to, you know, whether it's the difference process or another process that someone might be following, why do you think it is so hard? What are some of the the things that you feel like hold you back, and now that you've done this a couple times, what do you think is really holding people back? The things that we think are holding us back um, are the things we think are holding us back in all areas of our life. I don't have enough time. I don't know what to write. I don't have enough experience. I need more credentials. Um, I don't have enough money. I don't, you know, the the lack this lack, all the things we lack, all the things we don't mm. have, um, and that really come out of what I, what's commonly referred to as a scarcity mentality, right? This belief that we, we live from this place of lack and see everything that we don't have. Um, I think what, what's really holding people back is, is fear. And, you know, what comes up for me as we're talking about it is, it's, it, some people call it overused. I don't. The Marianne Williamson quote that says that we're not we're not really afraid of its failure. What we're afraid of is our own greatness. So she said it much more eloquently. Mm. But that's that's the gist of the quote. That we're yeah. actually afraid of our own power. Um, and I think that 
I think that for those who are really truly called to write and, and you know that you're called to write, the only thing that can stop you is fear of having actually written the book, right? What happens then? What happens after you've written the book? What happens when you are an author? What happens when, I mean, even if you have a bestseller, right, uh, of any kind, are, are you going to match that success? Are you going to be able to do it again? Um, are you going to mm. move out from behind your writing and start serving in the world? Like, what what's next? And I think for so many of us, we focus so much of our time and energy on, oh, I'm going to write a book. What are you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm working on a book right now. You know, and and, and we have to be willing that to. That sounds so good. Yeah, I mean, it sounds I feel so like good. I'm working Very impressive. Right now, that's a great answer. Oh yeah, I hid behind that answer for years. Uh, it's very effective, mm. especially in cocktail party <laughs> scenarios. You know, it's, and especially for you know for for moms like me, when I I'd taken a step back in my career and I had this vacuum in my life, right? So I was at these cocktail parties. People were, oh, what do you do? And I had one of two answers. One was, oh, I'm, I'm working on a book. Um, and the other was, I'm thinking about starting a business, you know, both of which were, um, in other words, where I'm doing absolutely nothing, but I'm really interested in making myself Um But it doesn't totally feel like nothing. There's so many people I talk to that, like, the one that I hear the most for sure is I'm interviewing a lot of people for my book. That uh-huh. seems to feel really good. Um, and I don't think you think, um, wow, people are falling for this. I think yeah. you genuinely think you're interviewing people for your book. Yeah, well, you caught me on that one because I interviewed a lot of people for my book. <laughs> so I'm like, but I was interviewing people for my book. Are you saying that I was stalling when I was doing that? Right. Um, <laughs> you know. Uh, so what do you think is true about work? It? Like, how can somebody know? Because looking back, you can probably see the places where you were hiding. Um, how can someone know if they're hiding or if it's genuinely, like, required for them to get their book written? So nothing's required for getting a book written other than writing the book, right? Mm. I, I mean, and I, and I don't mean to be smart-assy about it, but I kind of do, because really, um, I get this a lot in business. You know, I'm researching my business. It's like, no, go, go out and sell something. Right, like there's certain things businesses require you to sell something, and books require you to put words on a page. And, and I think that if if what you're doing, if the activity you're undertaking, whether it's interviewing people or something else, is actually in service to that objective, meaning you've actually let's say you've identified a question that you want answered, you don't have enough life experience or personal anecdotes in order to to tell that story in a compelling way. You've identified the problem that you want to solve through interviews, and you're using those interviews as a tool to fill in that hole. And as soon as you have enough information to fill the hole, you're willing to go back to putting words on the page. Um, I, I think that that's, that's good evidence that you're not hiding because you're, you're serving your ultimate outcome, which is to actually get words on a page and get a book written. Mm-hmm. How is that different than the interviews you did or thought about doing? Yeah, so um, the interviews I did, yeah, I did not follow my own advice at all, by the way. <laughs> I sound like I know exactly what I'm talking about because, of course, we all make mistakes along the way, and I'm very, very uh, human myself. So um, as I look back on them, actually, what, what those interviews were about for me was confidence. 
So mm-hmm. I had I I had identified a problem. Um, I thought that I had a solution, but I had lots of voices in my head telling me that I had the problem wrong and that the solution was wrong. And so I did not a huge number of interviews, but probably 25 or 30 interviews um, with people who self-identified as having the problem. So I literally put out a Facebook post and email blast, like, do you, do you have this problem? If so, let me know. Um, and what I got actually were interviews from people who had had the problem. For me, it was what I called martyr mom at the time, which is a terrible term, but it just means somebody who's laying down themselves for everybody else around them and bleeding themselves dry, um, trying to quote unquote, love other people well. And so I, I, what I got was 30 recovering people who, who recovered from that, who used to see that pattern of behavior in their lives and they were willing to share how they got out of it, um, And that confirmed for me how I had gotten out of that season of my life and made me more confident to share the tools that I learned with other people. But it wasn't really, it wasn't, um, it it wasn't to write the book. It was, again, to overcome the fear of writing the book uh, and saying the wrong thing or offering the wrong advice. But did you know that? Were you like, oh, I just want to get over the fear or, you know, gain confidence? Or did you think... Did you think oh, those no. interviews were going to go directly into the book? Oh, I thought that, well, some of them did, and I certainly thought that they would. I thought that they would. They were crucial, you know, that this was, how could you possibly, I also, by the way, I don't even think I even ever told you this, I hired a research assistant, too. Oh, my goodness um, gracious, no, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Don't hurt me. Oh, yeah. I I'm on a radio long. interview. <laughs> I did lots of, I know I hired a PhD student to do like social, I don't even know what research about, social science research about my topic so that I could validate my theory through data. So again, of course I didn't realize it was about fear. And I have great compassion for myself. And, you know, you could argue that the book was better because of it. But I think for me, the difference was of what I described versus what I did, um, was that I could have, if I hadn't had a date on the calendar where I was going to show up and write the book with you, like I could have done that mm. for years. Right. I could have done that for years. You know, and, and then, by the way, as we grow, our perspective grows. So the solution that I offered a year ago might not be the solution that I offered now. So then I have to start to research all over again, <laughs> right? Because now I need validation. Right. Whole new approach because I'm a new person. It's a year later and... And then all of a sudden you're writing for like a decade, <laughs> you know, researching for a decade. And, um, and you think that you're writing a book when you're not. Um, but, yeah, no, no, deep compassion for that place. I, I was there for a long time. So I know you help moms uh, to find work that matters and to start businesses. Um, how has the book journey, how is the journey of becoming an author and now a two-time best-selling author how has that informed your work, and, and is writing a book, is there a metaphor there um, for building mm-hmm. a business? Yes, there are lots of questions in that question, all of which resonate with me, so I'll try and take them in turn. I think, um, you know, it's, it's interesting because what immediately what comes up for me is how has my, my book served my business um, for the same, in many ways, and I, I hope this I hope this will make sense. The research, the interviews, the needing, all of this stuff in order to write the book. My, with my first book, 
um, I felt like I needed the book in order to bring my magic out in the world, in order to serve and love people. So as I'm sitting here, I'm thinking like, oh, wow, look at that. Like I really thought that I needed a book in order to Mm -hmm. become the coach that I wanted to be. Um, And whether, so I'll just leave that for a second and just notice how we can convince ourselves of all sorts of ways not to go out and do the work that we are meant to do. Because am I an author? Yes but I'm a servant most of all. And I, I really want to be out in the world serving and loving my people in a, in a hands-on one-on-one um, way. And so for me, the book was really what, what it became didn't start this way at the beginning. I just, I really wanted a book um, because I was an author who hadn't written a book yet in my own head. Um, but what it really became was a, a vehicle of transformation for me to stop hiding you know, I really had to, I don't need another certification. I've written the book. People have read the book. People's lives have been changed by the book. Um, I really don't have any excuses left to not serve people. And I don't, I don't know that you'll remember this or not, but um, I actually, I tell the story in next. I was sitting at the table at three days to done and writing my first book and the, our, the cover designer, John Matthews was there. And, and I looked up and I told him, I was like, I'm, I'm never, I'm never going to um, coach again. I'm just going to write books. I'm just going to stay in a cabin and I'm just going to write books forever. And I'm never coaching ever, ever again. Um, because I really, I really, well, I'll stop there. That, that was my pronouncement. And, um, you either at the time or shortly thereafter, or might have been someone else at the table, said that's totally fine if you want to hide for the rest of your life. I'm sure and, that was me. I remember that yeah. conversation. <laughs> and um, and I didn't even honestly, you know, talk about did you know? Could you see that then? Like I didn't even understand what you were saying then. Like it wasn't like you said that, and all of a sudden I had this great clarity. Like oh no, I don't want to hide. I want to help people. Um, and now I understand what you're talking about. It took a long time um, for that message to settle in. And so, anyway, so that's a long way to answer. Did my did my book um, serve my business well? I think my book serves me well, and it served the people that I wanted to serve well. And it helped sort of, without getting too cheesy, it really helped me transform into the person that I knew that I wanted to be, which in turn served my business mm-hmm. well. So it was so much more totally. than a marketing tool. You know, it was so much more than um, – did people learn about me? Yes. Did it increase my revenue? Yes. Did it help me get clarity and fill my programs faster? Yes. Like, I mean, it did all of those things that we know books can do. But for me, this journey has been about so much so much more than um, just, a, just a book held in my hands, if that makes any sense. I think that was only one yeah, of the questions I- that you asked me. It makes total sense. So, like, what I was going to ask you next was what what was the biggest surprise about this process? But I wonder if that's, if that's what the surprise was, that you thought this was about getting a book in your hand and it was really about the way you, the way you changed to become the author of this book or someone who would finish this book. There were ways that you had to change and show up differently. Was that the biggest surprise about the process? Yes. Um, I, yes. I, on, a, on the deepest, most honest level, yes. The reason that I'm hesitating is because I'm thinking, like, actually, the biggest surprise is that I wrote two books. <laughs> I mean, really? <laughs> I mean, it's like, in, in 
and this is just, I think this just has to do with the, that gap. You know, it's like I handed over my money. I set the intention. I did all my interviews. Like, I, I wanted, this goes back to you said, you know, what, what's my advice? And the answer is trust. Is because I didn't have that trust. Like, there was this chasm between, um, between what I wanted and what I said I was going to do. And quite frankly, I think in my life, especially my adult life, showing up for myself and doing things that I wanted to do was not one of my strengths. And I had a track mm-hmm. record of, of, of making big promises. So the one that, that I talk about a lot is um, I publicly announced on social media that I was going to run a marathon like 12 times. Like I've never run a marathon, you know, like I would, I would make these pronouncements and I would hire a running coach by the way, and like get new running shoes. And, you know, but it wasn't that for lack of, I just didn't follow through for myself. And so I think that mm. as I'm sitting here thinking about it, I wanted to believe that it was going to work, but I had failed myself in quotes because I don't truly believe they were failures, but they felt like failures. I had failed myself mm. so many times over the past decade before I started this process that I think, um, I think the biggest surprise was that um, the process didn't fail me and that I didn't fail me. And that I, wow. I actually came, I actually came out of this um, having achieved the very thing that I set out to achieve in the first place. So that's the first one. The second one is that you know, and they're so connected, right? Because obviously, by following through on that promise to myself, then I was transforming the way that I was showing up for me. Which right? Which so the two are so mm-hmm. deeply, they're so deeply related. Um, but I would just put them in that order. Yeah, I, I mean, the biggest gift I think of, of writing a book beyond the service for other people is, like, when you keep a promise that big to yourself, whether it's running a marathon, losing 100 pounds, writing a book, getting a, you know, getting a, a law degree, like, those big promises, when you keep a big promise like that to yourself, at the end of keeping that promise, you're just a different person. You can't not be because now you're the person who kept that promise and that changes up, changes the way you show up for a cup of coffee with a friend and changes the way you show up in anything because it's like a next evolution. So, um, so we, we just have a couple minutes left and I'm wondering what advice that you would give to someone who wants to write a book, but they haven't been able to to finish it before. So this is the same advice I give to anyone who wants to start a business and hasn't been able to get it off the the ground, is um, get help. I don't care who it is, or I don't don't care who it's with or what you do, but get help. The myth is... This is uh, and and this is my one of my favorite soapboxes, and I just jumped on it with glee. So um, the the myth of self sufficiency in our culture is overwhelming. This idea that if we're good enough to do it, we're good enough to do it alone, especially mm. for women, dominates so much of um, both our culture, but more importantly, our own self talk to ourselves. Um, I shouldn't need help. And by the way, I don't deserve help if I'm not good enough to follow up on my own deadlines. I mean, we just we just drive ourselves into the ground with a big fat riding crop, whipping ourselves all the way down. And and I I just so you know and and what help looks like I mean it could look like anything. Sure, it could look like a writing program, 
but it could look like more help at home. It could like look like an honest conversation with your partner or friends or family about, um, you know, tacit arrangements that have been made that are not serving you well or serving other people well. Help takes all sorts of different forms, but in order to in order to keep these big promises to ourselves, the, the ones that you were talking about, Angela, that just transform who we are and how we show up in the world, um, we can't keep those promises alone. And mm-hmm. um, I, we just can't. So um, I, I think just getting really honest, getting really quiet and really honest with yourselves about what you need in order to keep that promise um, and then giving yourself permission to go get the support you need to get it done. Beautiful. I love it. Uh, Caroline Green, author of Next, How to Start a Successful Business That's Right for You and Your Family. And she's also the author of Matter, How to Find Meaningful Work That's Right for You and Your Family. You can find out more about Caroline at Caroline Green with an E on the end, carolinegreencoaching.com. And if you reach out to her at caroline at carolinegreencoaching.com, you can ask her for a copy of her book that is in the mail for you, which is amazing, and um, also has electronic copies available. So I encourage you all to reach out to her. And Caroline, I just want to share my gratitude for sharing a little piece of your book journey. Well, thanks so much for having me, Angela, and for um, for letting me share how this book has, has transformed me. And I hope that it helps at least one person out there who's thinking about writing a book really step up for themselves and do it. Their lives will never be the same. I love it. Absolutely. So we will be back next week at Book Journeys where we're changing the world one book at a time. This has been another episode of Book Journeys Radio where we're changing the world one book at a time. To find out more about how you can get your book written, published, and promoted, visit www.theauthorincubator.com.